You're listening to Thrive, your agency resource, the only podcast of its kind for creative, media, and technology leaders who are ready to dive deeper into consciousness, leadership, and agency growth. I'm your host, Kelly Campbell. This year, Thrive is brought to you by E2M Solutions, a trusted white label partner to hundreds of digital agencies across the globe. Visit e2msolutions.com forward slash thrive today. Welcome back to another episode of Thrive. As we know, agency owners are no stranger to overwhelm and burnout and all the emotional upheaval that goes with that. So I thought digging into some of the possible operational causes might be helpful. Today, I'm joined by Melissa Morris, who is actually the founder of Agency Authority, a project management and operations consultancy for digital marketing and social media management agencies. Melissa, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So let's talk about overwhelm. This is a word that is commonly used. I think some people have a sense of what that means for them, how that shows up for them. But let's talk a little bit about how that actually shows up in the business. Like, what does burnout in business actually look like? Yeah, I think that's a really great question, too, because overwhelm can be a word we sometimes use a little flippantly, like, oh, I'm an overwhelm or I'm an overwhelm. But when you're in real overwhelm, it is legitimate, right? Like, there is definitely this, like, I'm approaching burnout. Things are not going well for me. And some of the things I start to see happening in just the very tactical pieces of a business, this can look like proposals getting missed. You're working very, very long hours and never feeling like you're getting ahead. You're looking at a to-do list that is really growing and the things that are not getting done are important things. Like It's not even though the wish I could do, I'm going to get to one day. It's stuff that is now impacting your clients. It's impacting your team. And it's starting to impact the growth of your agency. And so burnout and overwhelm can be a major factor in stunting an agency's growth. Yeah. And I do see that a lot with clients as well. The things that sort of signal the overwhelm and the burnout and all of that for me are the overworking that you mentioned, but it's like overworking to the point of it impacting emotions and not being able to show up. It can also impact sleep, which is obviously we know how important that is. I've also seen overwhelm and burnout lead to other unhealthy behaviors in addition to overworking like addiction. So if you're going home, an addiction might be sort of like one of those words like not me, but if you're going home and having two, three, four glasses of wine every single night just to cope and sort of decompress and you're talking about it in that language, that could be a sign that you are really overwhelmed to the point where it is impacting your nervous system, your emotions, your physical health, your mental health, right? So I think it's important to kind of level set with that because we do use it so commonly and it's almost been normalized. Like this is the norm. This is okay. It's just what it is. But I want to reframe that a little bit to say, this is not the norm. This should not be okay. And there are certainly ways in which we're going to talk about to start to reverse that a little bit, right? So yeah, I think from the business standpoint, when you're identifying some of those things that are slipping through the cracks that are really important to running the business on a daily basis and growing it, that's super important to look at. So you are the expert here. 
what kind of operational issues actually lead so many of us into overwhelm? What are those red flags that indicate that for you? Yeah. So a lot of times it's the agency owner starts to become a bottleneck in the business. And the reason they're becoming the bottleneck is because the rest of the team isn't really clear on what workflow is about to happen, right? What the client experience needs to look like. There aren't standards across the agency. There isn't consistency among this project versus that project. And you have this agency owner where in their head, they know how they want things to roll out. And instead of getting that big picture out and really giving the team the tools to execute that big picture, they're doing this like spitball. We'll answer the email like this, go handle the project like that. And when you are the sole point of all the answers and all of the work and all of the needs, you are just bound to burn out. And the good news is though, is it can feel like there's not a way out. And some of the agency owners I talk with to kind of circle back a little bit to the emotional piece, they yeah. get to where they're not enjoying their work anymore. Right. And they're they're losing their love of it. They're losing their passion. And they're thinking, why am I even doing, even if money's good, like even if sales are coming in, a lot of my agency owners, money's fine. Like sales are coming in. And in fact, a red flag to me is when they're not responding to proposals. Right. Like they are not responding to those inquiries. Either they have just completely missed the inquiry I've gotten on a call with them and they're like, I owe literally five. I, I was on a phone with someone and she's like, I'm looking at a $30,000 project and I just can't like send them the, the proposal to have them sign off on it. Like they would sign off right now. It's almost like a fear too of, oh, if I bring on this project, now I've got to do the work. Right. And then you get stuck too where you think we'll bring on another team member. Well, sure, maybe that'll lighten the designs team's load, but the agency owner's like, well, now I have someone else I have to have meetings with. I have someone else's questions I have to answer. I have to train them because you don't have SOPs. You don't have proper workflows in place. So you have to do. And so it starts to feel like more work than it's it's worth. Yeah. So let's focus on that agency owner as bottleneck issue. So both being the sole problem solver and the one who's also putting out client fires and things like that. How are these issues solved sustainably, not just a one-off, but like sustainably from your perspective? So a common SOP that I think a lot of agencies are missing and all the ones that the agency owners who come to me are missing, and I, I think it's one people just don't often think of, is a communications SOP. Mm-hmm. And this is for your clients and internally. So a lot of times why the agency owner is becoming a bottleneck is because the team has not been given guardrails or tools to handle these bits of information, these challenges that come up. And so this is one of the things I always encourage my agency owners to create. It's a broad range of things. I've seen agency owners still getting copied on a lot of emails. Anytime a a project's going out of scope, they need to pull in the agency owner. And if your account managers, if your project manager, if these people have the tools that they need, and they know how you want things to be answered, how you want things to be handled, then let them feel empowered to go and handle those things. And this SOP provides the container with which that they're able to do that. And you include in that things like, when do I need to let the agency owner know? If project's going wildly out of budget, if a client has ghosted us and we're not really sure what's going on, if they're asking for work that's outside of scope, 
what are your kind of benchmarks that say, if this is what's going on, you need to come let me know. Now the team feels better. They're not concerned that they're going to upset you or upset a client because they know what the rules are and you can rest easier letting them handle it because you know if these red flags appear, they're going to reach out to you and they're going to come support you. So those were great examples of what's kind of included in that container that you mentioned. What are some other examples from a communication standpoint? Because those were more sort of like account development, like um, new business related to the client, right? Maybe it's going to not the out of scope, but maybe the client wants something that is out of scope that they know is going to be billable. And maybe the project manager or the account manager isn't comfortable, doesn't have the, isn't empowered to quote that, like that could be an example, right? But aside from that, maybe internal communications, like what are some examples for that? You know, what would be included in the SOP? Yeah, for sure. The internal communication is another big... I feel like that's even more important than the client, to be honest. Yeah. You know, and in in creative agencies too, you want this opportunity for collaboration or we've got an account manager and we've got to get information to the designer. And this moment of communication internally is really important. And so having a clear space for that communication to happen, that is not your email and that is not Slack is the way to go. And this comes to your project management tool. So your project management tool is really powerful for a couple of reasons. One, that is where that team communication can happen and collaboration can happen. Everything is housed within your project management tool. We have the proofs, we have the grade of concepts, we have the brief, we have the conversation back and forth. We know the status of that project simply by opening up that task within the project management tool. So this allows for a easy to find space for everyone to jump in versus did I get copied on that email? Oh, that's in the other Slack channel that I'm not in. And now I need to call you or email you or whatever. If it's all in this one place, it makes it really easy for the whole team to stay in for. And the beautiful thing about this too, is that gets back to getting the agency owner out of becoming the bottleneck. Because if they need to know what's going on with a project, they can hop into their project management tool, have some simple dashboards, pull some simple metrics, and they know what's going on with the projects. They know if projects are getting behind, where capacity is, if things are moving, what's outstanding in terms of client approval. And so that alone, like it's a double win, right? Like the team can save a bunch of time by having one simple place to communicate and the agency owner can start to get a high level view of what's going on with projects. Hey, let's take a quick break. Did you know that there's a better way to scale your agency? Whether it's web design, development, e-commerce, content, SEO, or even hosting, E2M is the reliable white label partner you wish you knew about years ago. Personally, I'm proud to partner with E2M because of our alignment in values and ethics. Head over to e2msolutions.com forward slash thrive to learn more. Now, let's get back to the show. So two questions come to mind when you talk about the PM system. Number one, I think is it's the data that you get out is only as good as the data that you put in, right? So (laughs) let's talk about that first, because yes, in a utopian world, it would be great for an agency owner to log in and say, yes, okay, everybody's resourced. Here's where the budget is. Here's where, you know, all the allocations are. That is, in my experience, like 90% of the time does not happen that seamlessly. So what talk a little bit about solving that issue or things to keep in mind or consider with that issue from the data perspective. 
Yes. And thank you for asking that. She laughed because I did praise hands when she asked that question. Because what I see a lot of times too is the PM system becomes a glorified to-do list. And it is just this long list of running tasks. And this helps no one. So I want to take a minute to talk about kind of define three different words. So we have SOPs, we have workflows, and then we have your tools. So SOPs are very much click here, click there. Here's what this looks like. A very, very detailed, yes, very detailed step-by-step on how to actually execute a task. And then we have workflows. What are the phases of the project? What are the key milestones? What are those checkpoints? Where are approval points? That is what needs to be built out first. And then the tool supports the workflow. Mm -hmm. So what happens is agency owners start getting in burnout. They start feeling overwhelmed and they go and they get a project management tool when they hear about, when they their friend uses, and they just start dumping a bunch of tasks in there. It's very chaotic. It's disorganized. And then they think, well, this isn't helping. This must be the wrong tool. Right. And then they go and get another tool. Yes. And they're putting the same broken workflow, poor data, as you beautifully put it, they're putting the same poor data into tool after tool after tool and thinking, well, this just isn't working, right? We can't find the right tool. They're wasting tons of money on this. The team is frustrated because half the stuff's in ClickUp. They've got this weird stuff in Basecamp, right? And you get this Frankenstein of tools going on. And it's just continuing to waste time. And then the agency owner is starting to think like, well, is this scalable? Is this going to work? Like, And then you start to look at your business and is the business broken or what's going on here? And really, we just need to button up the workflows, get them in a proper tool to support that workflow. And the time savings would be just transformative. And make sure that the SOPs are in place so that once you have the workflow buttoned up, then people know how to properly execute tasks. Absolutely. So all of this comes down to communication. I just remembered my other question about the PM system was, and, and I can sort of argue both sides of this. So I'm curious about your take. There are PM systems that have the ability to also email certain people right? Through the the PM system. And then when they respond, it actually goes directly into the PM system. That's how teamwork worked when when we used it back in my mm-hmm. agency days. What are your feelings about that kind of you leveraging that email integration? Is that like, yes, but sparingly? No, never. What are your feelings about that? I'm a very sparingly, okay. on, very sparingly. on that. Okay. Very sparingly under very special circumstances. So, and this comes into this conversation too that a lot of agency owners have. Sometimes I see agency owners trying to bring their clients into their PM system. And I always throw up a big caution flag. They think this is a way to streamline, but it also requires a lot of education for your client to get them in. So it's not that it can't be done because it can. Right. I was just going to say, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was just going to say, it's also not our job to educate our clients on how to use new tech stacks, right? Right. Like that creates more friction. Exactly, exactly. So it's only under like very wonderful circumstances that I think that that can work well. And in a weird way, when you're emailing through the PM system, especially if you're emailing clients, it's like a recipe to start muddying things up. Because here's what can happen is I'm on the concept task, like we'll just make it simple. We're on concepting. And I'm going to email whether it's internal or external about what's going on with concepting. They're going to respond and then throw in something about this other project. Oh, by the way, I'm also X, Y, and Z on this. 
or we're also handling Eddie. And now you're getting this blended information in your system. So the key here is to get people out of email. Like they were like, oh, we can just email back and forth within the PM system. You're still living in your inbox then. And the point is, is to get you out of your inbox and get you in the PM system. I was just going to say, and the the specific reason for that is to separate and silo communications so that they are very specific to the project and the client at hand and there's no muddying. Yes, exactly. And the point is, is when I go into my project management tool and I open up that project and that task, I want to see what's going on with that. I want to see the relevant information, the relevant people. And when we start looping an email, people are getting copied who don't need to be. It's getting lost. And you're just right back in the same situation you were before. Yeah. Honestly, in my experience, the worst offenders in terms of like agency world, sorry, PR (laughs) firms. Do not use, for, by and large, not all of them, but many of them do not use PM systems. They only rely on email. And I've seen it to the point where they're literally including 12 people on every single email that goes to a client. And I honestly, I don't know how that works. And the, the answer is it doesn't work, but that is how they're operating. And I feel like if there were some notes taken, even just from this conversation with the siloing and making sure that only relevant people are included. And, you know, I just, I think it can work so much more efficiently. And I get that that's a different business, really. There's like agencies and then there's PR firms, right? Because the communication is so fast, things change so quickly. And I get that it's difficult, but there's got to be a middle ground there. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole nother show. (laughs) So For the agency leaders and owners who are listening to this and nodding their heads and saying, this is us, this is me, what is your best piece of advice for those for whom this is really resonating? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So what I've found is that a lot of agencies, when they recognize they're in overwhelm and they think it's an ops problem, their first step is to start creating those SOPs those step by step by step. I discourage that because you are now documenting a broken workflow. Mm. We look at the workflow first. Don't go find a tool and don't start with all the documentation because what happens is is you're documenting and putting it in to a tool, right? Workflow first. And this does not have to be complicated. It doesn't have to look fancy. What you're going to do is you're literally going to write down step by step by step. You just keep thinking, and then what happens next? What happens next, right? As you're moving through. And this can be really useful when you're in the process of onboarding a client. Just really take careful note of when did I get their login? When did I get their form? When did the project kick off? Just all those little steps. And first, you just write it down. Like You have to define it before you can refine it. So just get it all down. And then once you have it written down, you can start to look for the gaps, the redundancies. Why do I put it in this spreadsheet when I've got it over here in this form? I don't really need to do that. And then you can streamline and then you can look for opportunities to automate. And then now that you actually have a clean workflow, then you put it in a tool and then you start documenting it. That is probably the most helpful piece of advice I think that has ever been shared on this show. No, seriously, because the reason why I'm saying that is because everybody starts with the SOPs. Nobody thinks that their workflow or their way that they communicate is broken, right? So I love this idea of 
almost what I hear you saying is write it all out how you're doing it now without judgment. Yes, exactly how you do it. Don't say, well, I would have done it this way or what? Don't take a moment to be honest with ourselves. Let's be honest with ourselves. Don't judge. Write down how you're doing it. And when we say doing it, we're talking everything from, I'm imagining, the sales process from the beginning. Everything. A lead no step is too all small. the way through a website is launched or you know whatever. offboarding all the way through all the way from the sales call to you've sent a request for a testimonial for your awesome work every every tiny step in between there you need to write it down wow so that sounds overwhelming <laughs> back to the, the topic of our show that sounds <laughs> overwhelming but what are they going to get if they actually follow this process the Time savings that my agency owners experience by moving through this process is huge. Hours, hours per week. Um, so that's number one. And then also by taking the time to invest in these workflows, this is, it's that compounding interest, right? Like I'm going to do this work and then it's going to build and the rewards like continue to grow. One of my agency owners had their best year in business after we did this work. Another has wildly increased the profitability of their projects after doing this work. Someone exponential revenue growth this year, attributing to the work we did, getting the PM tool set up, getting the workflow set up. Start small. I recommend even just starting with client onboarding, getting that first experience with your client nailed down. I call client onboarding from the sales call all the way to where the team starts doing the work. Mm-hmm. So onboarding could be a few days. It could actually even turn into a few weeks if there's a kickoff call, some intake call, that sort of deal. But nail that because client onboarding is the gift that keeps on giving. If you've done a good job collecting information from your client, setting really good expectations, getting some good boundaries in place, you're going to have a little bit of time savings in the management step as well. Yeah. And uh, the only thing I would add to that is you're going to actually get a little bit more grace from that client if there are any other missteps that happen after the onboarding. Yes. So set it so up. So true. Right. They're they're going to be like, you know what? I feel really comfortable. I trust this agency. They're doing great work. I have felt like they've listened to me through the entire process. I feel like I'm in good hands. If a deadline was missed by a day, you're going to get a little forgiveness there. If something Absolutely. else happens, you forgot about Right. So I think that that's a really, you know, just to add to the list of benefits, because we could sit here and talk about the benefits of proper workflow and getting all of this real dialed in. Everything comes down to communication. That's what I want to leave everyone with. It really does. Clear, clean, healthy, boundaried communication. Mm -hmm. Melissa, thank you so much. You have no idea how much I really enjoyed this conversation and we could talk for hours about this. So thank you so much. We will put a link to your website in the show notes and really, really appreciate you. Oh, thank you. I so enjoyed our conversation. And thank you for joining us. If you liked this episode, please rate the show or subscribe wherever you watch or listen. And a big thank you to the official sponsor of Thrive for this year, E2M Solutions, your white label agency partner. Learn more about their approach, services, and subscription plans at e2msolutions.com forward slash thrive.